Hey guys, today we will talk about the surgical aspect of appendix. To know about that, we need to understand that it's part of our GI tract, gastrointestinal tract. It arises from the posterior medial aspect of cecum, two centimeters below the ileocecal junction. It has its diameter and length varies according to age and. it is larger in diameter and longer in children as compared to adults surface wise it lies in the right iliac fossa of the abdomen it has three parts structure wise base body and tip base is the part which at which attaches to the cecum as a guide for surgeons base is the place where all the three tinea converge onto body is the part joining the base and the tip and the tip is the least vascular endmost point of the appendix which points in different directions and and according to its different directions we have named a each positions that are found and they mostly are shown by arm hand of clock so 12 o'clock is retrocecal which means the appendix is present behind the cecum at 2 o'clock position depending on the situation of ileum it could be either preileal or posterior at 3 o'clock it's promontoric at 4 o'clock it's pelvic position at 6 o'clock it's subsecal or midinguinal position and at 10 o'clock it's paracecal position the most common position is retrocecal the second most common position is pelvic position least common position is posterior position and the most dangerous situ- uh, position is preileal situation in the right iliac fossa its position corresponds to mcburney's point which is a line joining the umbilicus to the right anterior superior iliac spine spine at the junction of medial 2/3 and lateral 1/3 here a concept of sherin's triangle which is a hyperesthetic area in found in acute appendicitis is seen it is formed by joining three points the umbilicus pubic symphysis and the right anterior superior iliac spine the arterial supply is by appendicular artery which is a branch of iliocolic artery which is in turn a branch inferior most branch of superior mesenteric artery there could also be an accessory artery known as artery of sesher chilem the venous drainage is by the corresponding vein which drains into superior mesenteric vein and then into the portal vein the lymph nodes are iliocolic lymph nodes and the nerve supply sympathetic is by the 10 t10 spinal segment and the parasympathetic is by both the vagus nerves the most common disease arising from the appendix is the acute appendicitis it is more common in young white males its pathogenesis is that the lumen of appendix is obliterated by either the fecolith that is your fecal matter or by lymphoid hyperplasia worms seeds 
tumors etc this causes increase in intraluminal pressure this blockage of lymph and venous drainage causing edema and in return inflammation this as a result ischemia is seen perforation and ulceration can lead to peritonitis because of peritonitis as a function of great momentum it localizes on the area of perforation which along with dilation of ileum which can be with suppuration which is known as your appendicular abscess it could be without suppuration and could result in appendicular mass or mucosal coming to the clinical features a classical murphy triad is seen which consists of pain vomiting and fever pain is the first to come then vomiting and then fever there is also associated constipation there could be diarrhea if the position of the appendix is post ileal or pelvic positions there could be increased in urinary frequency as well the pain usually starts in the periumbilical region due to irritation irritation of parietal peritoneum supplied by the t10 spinal segment which then shifts to the right iliac fossa due to irritation of visceral peritoneum and the following signs can could be seen firstly there's mcburney sign that is tenderness at mcburney's point which is the junction of middle two third and lateral one third at the line joining the umbilicus and the right asis then there's bloomberg sign which is when while pressing at the mcburney's point and retracting it there is rebound tenderness seen swas sign which is pain on hyperextension of the body is seen when the position of the appendix is retrocecal that which is due to irritation of the psoas muscle then this obturator sign pain on internal rotation due to irritation of obturator internus muscle the pointing sign the patient would come to you with his finger pointing to the site of the pain then this rofsing sign that is palpation in the left iliac fossa causes pain in right iliac fossa due to movement of small bowel causing irritation then this dunphy sign that is coughing causes pain in right iliac fossa the investigations we can do is cbc we get increased total leukocyte count and an increase in neutrophils the leukocyte count is mostly uh, mostly above 12 to 14000 for grading we have an alvarado score which is most commonly used and we give points to each sign and symptom and laboratory uh, investigation a simple way to remember it is mantrels m stands for stands for migration of pain a stands for anorexia n stands for nausea and vomiting t stands for tenderness in right iliac fossa r stands for rebound tenderness e stands for elevated temperature or fever l stands for leukocytosis more than 10000 and s stands for shift to left with neutrophilia all these points are given one point except for tenderness and leukocytosis which are given two points 
a score less than or equal to 4 suggests no appendicitis a score more than or equal to 7 suggests appendicitis score if the score is 5 or 6 we do a usg ultrasonography or ct scan ct scan here being the investigation of choice for treatment we have appendectomy for that we have various approaches at med at graduate level the four approaches that incisions that we should remember is gridiron lans or rocky davis approach which is a cosmetically better approach there is rutherford morrison approach and a paramedian or battle incision which is no longer used during surgery if the appendix turns out to be normal we rule out meckel's diverticulum crohn's disease malignancies and if the patient is a female we rule out ovarian and tubal causes as well why during surgery if we find there is associated crohn's disease as well along with appendicitis we look at the site of the affecting crohn's disease if the base of the appendix is normal we can easily go with appendectomy but with caution if the base is involved we do not do appendectomy here the treatment is antibiotic with steroids because there is high chance of fistula formation or anastomotic leak anastomotic leak in crohn's disease if during the surgery there is an appendicular tumor found most commonly it's carcinoid we look at the location and the size if it's less than 1 cm or at the tip of the appendix we can safely go for appendectomy if it is if it is at the base or more than 2 cm we go for a right hemicolectomy if it is somewhere between 1 to 2 cm we check if the lymph node is involved or not we see if the meso appendix is involved or not or it is at the tip or not if there is no lymph node involvement no meso appendix or involvement and it has it is at the tip we go for an appendectomy if there is lymph node involvement or meso appendix involvement or it is at the base we go for a right hemicolectomy with the following complications to be kept in mind after appendectomy we could see paralytic ileus a reactionary hemorrhage due to slippage of ligature during surgery there could be residual abscess portal pymia portal pymia is quite rare nowadays there could be adhesions kinking or intestinal obstruction right inguinal hernia which is direct type due to injury of ileoinguinal nerve there could be wound sepsis fecal fistula or respiratory problems and dvt If the patient comes to you with appendicular mass which is localization of the infection after 3 to 5 days of acute infection you examine the mass we see that it's tender smooth and firm it is well localized made out borders not mobile and does not move with respiration as well on percussion it is resonant in nature we go for an oshner sharon regimen which is conservative in nature that is the body has already localized it if now we are going to going to disturb it it may cause a fecal fistula in this regimen we give nil per oral iv fluids iv antibiotics like ampicillin 
and gentamicin or metronidazole depending upon the type of infection we do chart vitals regularly especially of temperature bp and pulse we chart the lump we mark the border of the lump with a pen or a sketch pen and look for progression or regression and we give the patient analgesics usually the patient responds to this regimen in 3 to 4 days but if there is persistent pain or increase in the pain if there is fever or increase in the lump size this suggests an appendicular abscess if not we discharge the patient and call the patient back 6 weeks later for interval appendectomy in appendicular abscess the margins will not be well defined especially the lower margin we do an usg to confirm it and for treatment we give extra peritoneal drainage of the abscess and 3 months later an interval appendectomy usually there will be signs of and features of toxicity present in the patient of the appendicular abscess lastly there could be a mucosal formation after the acute appendicitis attack that is the lumen could be occluded by a fibrous structure this could be neoplastic or non neoplastic in nature the non neoplastic is basically a sterile collection of fluid which is a retention cyst the clinical feature would be a colicky pain in the right iliac fossa we go for a pep go for an appendectomy for treatment the differential diagnosis here could be pseudomyxoma peritonei a jelly like mucoid yellowish brown substance accumulates in the peritoneal cavity clinical clinically manifest as painless progressive distension of abdomen with intestinal obstruction eventually mostly seen in females the treatment is surgical removal and chemotherapy thank you for listening to this podcast send me your valuable feedback on my instagram @dr.revision also check it out for a visual guide on these notes see you next time bye and visual 